are you guys familiar with what knockouts is? It, as not, far as I'm a hair not. place, no. It's Hooters for haircuts. Okay. Wow, so basically, like, so they like rub their boobs on your head. No, they like are dressed like in like a sexy referee outfit with like short shorts, and they give you uh. a haircut, and then you get like a neck massage with it. But, that sounds great, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but like the thing is, it's I kind of it. it's kind of like the same reason Victoria's Secret was founded. Like Victoria's Secret was founded by a guy who was like, I don't, by who was like, I bet you men feel like perverts shopping for lingerie for their wives. So why don't we make a place that's easier for men? And like, that's sort of the knockouts advertising thing, which is like, like, getting a haircut is too gay. Getting a haircut is for women. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hetero this up a little bit. Hello and welcome to Wrestlesplania, the show where uh, Kath Barbadoro, a wrestling fan, introduces wrestling to me, Rachel Moman, a new fan. Hi. Hey, what's up? How are you doing? Uh, I'm going to be faking energy a lot for this podcast because it is about 8.30 p.m. and I am still hungover from last night. I will say this, you look so much better than you claim you feel. Thank you. You're like you look like a million bucks right now. <laughs> Thank you, you look so like much. you took a shower today. I absolutely did not. <laughs> um, yeah, I went to see Warriors and Pup last night at a Mercury Lounge. It was really fun. If those bands come to your town, you should go see them. Um, but you should not be 30 years old in the front row because you will uh, sprain your neck headbanging too hard, which I definitely did last night. Like. I can't nod. I'm in a lot of pain. Uh, the last time I tired. went to a show of that capacity, I got into a pit and I exited displaying mumps-like symptoms. Good. Yeah. Good. You know, I love being 30. It's Did like, you get mumps at a show? Yeah, I was at... So you're going to make fun of me for this because you make fun of me for every show I, I go to. <laughs> I was at um, an anniversary show for the release of like the Say Anything album. It was a lot of fun. But I exited, and then my throat blew up, and, yeah. then, and then the doctors at Cedars-Sinai were like, hey, you get to be under quarantine for right. a week. And, and then I was we like, did the first podcast while you were under quarantine. I remember. Yeah, it was really fun. <laughs> you, We are not the only people getting a chit-chat on the show today. That's we have a guest true. today. We do. We have a guest today that I've been trying to get on the show like pretty much since day one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We have LaToya Ferguson today. Hello, everyone. How's Hi. it going? We're good. So, How are you doing? Uh, <laughs> Nothing better. Thanks for listening to us talk about our uh, terrible physical symptoms that we've contracted at pop punk shows. Yeah, exactly. The white people nonsense was like it jumped out. (laughs) (laughs) The head banging injury. Yeah. And mumps. The whitest of all diseases. Like, it's really embarrassing. Upper East Side and like Park Slope parents don't vaccinate their stupid kids. It's white nonsense to get mumps. And then I got this. Moral of the story, don't get mumps. Don't get mumps. Uh, How are you, Latoya? Like, what? Tell our our listeners why you're on the show. Oh, why am I on the show? It's uh, (laughs) basically just kept bothering Rachel about it until you put me on the show. No, no, it was not bothering. I wanted to get you on because you were one of like, before I was into wrestling, you were a person who like was in wrestling Twitter who I could kind of tell what they were talking about without knowing anything of what they were talking about. (laughs) I'm I'm happy I could guide you slightly. Um, Yeah. So yes, uh, I am a a writer who has written and still writes a a bit about professional wrestling. Uh, I have a book on women's wrestling coming out next year. I'll I'll plug that more uh, effectively later in the show, of course. Um, And yeah, I'm just uh, obsessed with television and wrestling and Michelle Branch. And that's me. Ooh, ooh, ooh. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Yeah. Really positive obsessions. These are all reasons why we're friends at this point. (laughs) Especially, I still, I have to start like reintroducing Michelle Branch into my karaoke repertoire because I feel like it would bang she rules she's like um, she's really cool yeah she's yeah, like, like from the new york city like anti-folk scene that like moldy peaches came out of and stuff she put out an album last year and it's actually pretty good yeah she's i good. listened to yes. it on the train a couple weeks I went ago to see her in concert for that uh for that album and i gave you guys shit but i definitely cried when she sang everywhere like she sang it acoustically yes. and she was crying you we were all crying it was a beautiful beautiful thing <laughs> i i made sure to get up like front row too because it was michelle branch after all these years yeah oh Oh, man i would not give you shit in the slightest for that that's like objectively good so uh (laughs) 
tell us how you came to wrestling fandom uh, and and what you like. Because weren't you pitched the idea to us to talk about like old TNA stuff? So that's what we're going to be doing today. Um, is that like your favorite era and promotion, or what? What are you into? Well, uh, so I grew up. Uh, my family we were watching WWF in the household. WCW was a little bit forbidden, and I was fine with that because. Uh, you had to draw a line in the sand, and Stone Cold Steve Austin was cooler than Goldberg, and still is cooler than Goldberg, so... <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I just, I wasn't sure why WCW would be banned, I was just, I was making, like, a confused Kath face, and Kath was like, <laughs> what? What, you, what is the problem here? <laughs> like, what a horrible thing did WCW do? Uh, but yeah, I just uh, always loved wrestling, I, like, I had some moments where I took breaks from it, but in general, I'd always uh, keep gravitating to it. And it was around 2005 when I was channel surfing, and I, I was still watching WWE at that time. I was channel surfing. Uh, I saw TNA. I didn't know what it was at the time. I, I recognized Kevin Nash from you know WWE and the, very little of WCW during mm. his NWO days, obviously. And uh, he was uh, talking with this very uh, attractive man, uh, Alex Shelley, I would come to learn. And it was honestly one of the funniest uh, just comedy sketches in wrestling I'd ever seen and still is to this day. It, it wasn't like a typical wrestling comedy sketch. It was like this, like an old comedy thing where Kevin Nash is going on about how he was like the biggest draw in all of wrestling, bigger draw than The Rock and Stone Cold. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> uh, I continued to watch it. I would see people I actually recognize from TNA and, you know, a lot of people I, I'd never seen before, like I said, Shelly, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe. We'll talk about all of them, obviously. And it was, I was enjoying WWE at the time, uh, definitely, but it was just an interesting alternative. And then it opened up my, like, my world to seeing, like, independent wrestling and all the wrestling outside of WWE, really. It, yeah. It, it gave me the, the real love for professional wrestling and not just WWE. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I really find that, like, the first time you see, I definitely had this experience of, like, the first time I saw something that wasn't WWE, I was like, oh, holy shit, there's, like, so many other ways that this can be done, like that this can be expressed, this like wrestling thing. And uh, it, it made me like it so much more and be so much more excited about it as like a genre or as a medium, you know? Yeah, because I think I, this, this happened before when I was flipping channels too. You would see maybe like a really shitty independent thing, like something that would happen in the fairgrounds and it would just be like really bad at wrestling. And you're like, well, it's not WWE, obviously. So of right. course it's all, you, you assume everything that's not in WWE or WCW when it was around, you assume they're all just like really trashy wrestling. There's n like, there's no talent there, but when you hit something and you realize, oh wow, there is a, like just a wealth of talent. It's, it's, it's eye opening. Yeah, I I found it. We'll talk about this with the with the matches, I'm sure. But uh, I like really TNA is one of those things that I never really watched or like looked into. I've seen a match here and there, um, but it's cool to see something with that level of production value that's American and not WWE. It's well produced, but it's not like huge, huge, big budget, like crazy. Uh, you know, stage show or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, it's very much on a set. But it's a, it's a good set. I'm not saying anything against it. It's just clearly a set location. Yeah, it's a... Yeah, it's, they filmed uh, at Universal on a soundstage in Universal. Ooh. You know, it's it's has a very different flavor than, like, watching a, like, single camera thing of, like, a gym, which is, like, what a lot of, like, indie wrestling is. And it's not super big budget somewhere in the middle. And I think that's, like, very intriguing to me. Yeah, and it was also, it was just giving you an alternative, especially at this time, to what was the wrestling that was happening in WWE, because there were obviously good wrestlers in WWE, because it's WWE, but, you know, it was still at that point, bigger is better, let's just get a big, muscly, generic guy, and we'll try to make him a star, and then that would fail, and they would try another one, mm -hmm. uh, and this was around the time uh, where Ring of Honor, especially, and even PWG, were, they were like getting really big for wrestling, like real hardcore wrestling fans. Mm -hmm. So um, TNA was really showing what was happening in Ring of Honor and IWA's Mid South, and that the bustling indie scene. They were showing it in a mainstream level, and that's how you get guys like Daniels and Joe and Styles main eventing a pay per view 
with with the match we're, we're going to talk about today. Yeah, so that's probably a good point to transition. So, yeah, the first match you had us watch was a triple threat match uh, with those guys. And I, in my understanding, so TNA started in, like, the early 2000s, right? So this is, like, pretty early yeah. in its... Uh, started in 2002 and it was a weekly pay-per-view situation mm-hmm. and then eventually it got um tv deal with fox sports and then spike tv which is this this is spike tv era so mm-hmm. it was yeah it was at a good place right now yeah so it was uh aj styles samoa joe and christopher daniels who are all people that i'm familiar with you should be we've seen all we've these seen oh uh, the only one i haven't seen live is samoa joe and like i've see I know who he is right so, so like th- everyone else is like I got it because I remember Christopher Daniels it was a big deal he's like one of the biggest people that's like never really worked for WWE you yeah know? I really like the fact that you can immediately know what a guy's about because he has a singular small onk tattoo <laughs> <laughs> also they kept calling him the fallen angel which is very funny to me and like very <laughs> Like, that is just because he's God's gift to professional wrestling obviously <laughs> <laughs> is that why Yes, that's exactly why. <laughs> oh, that so he's rules. like, Satan made a deal to go wrestle on Earth for a long time, and then he has to go back to hell. <laughs> if, yes, if the show Lucifer wasn't uh, the devil solving crime, it would be the devil doing wrestling. <laughs> I would fucking watch that show. Yeah, I think I'd that watch that. Rule. I, I do as not like, watch the show at present. If it were as, wrestling, I would watch as, it. As like a it's cheesy a show, CW show? That's Charm. That's a, that is literally an episode of Charmed. Yeah. Where yes. the devil um, comes back to Earth to do professional wrestling? No, it's a demon who is like, um, he's stealing, he's trading people's souls. And so the charmed ones go to, you know, kick his ass. So he sends his henchmen, who are WCW stars Buff Bagwell, Scott <gasps> Steiner, and Booker T. Oh my you God. Need to we, back so we can just talk about this episode of television. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Rachel I'm just grabbed a pen right to write it What's, down. Which episode is it? It's Charmed. Uh, Charmed, uh, if you just turn it in Charmed WCW. Charmed WCW. It'll be the one Charmed episode on Buff Bagwell's IMDb page. Yeah, that's true. Um, Wrestling with Demons is the name of the episode. Okay. Oh, yes. Thank you. That kicks ass. We should definitely, like, Twitch stream that or something. Yeah. (laughs) That sounds great. Thank you. You are welcome. So, what's the, like, what's the backstory going into this feud? The, the... Uh, Matt, like it's a great match it's super exciting all the stuff you gave us to watch was really really exciting um but this one in particular they made a big deal about like sort of everybody in this match has like a really good record like Samojo is undefeated AJ Styles is uh like a multi-time champ Christopher Daniels is like the longest reigning uh exhibition yeah, champ or something like that so they all have a match about greatness pretty much yeah so uh, Rachel, you were saying something? Oh yeah, I really liked that they gave you a cheat sheet before giving you the promo package. They give you a cheat sheet one more time to be like, here's what's going on, here's why you care. I like really <laughs> appreciate that in anything. I'm like, yeah, here I are the bullet sure points. That, <laughs> I made sure that the, the like the rips I gave you, they all had like video packages or some recaps. That way you're not going in cold because I didn't want it I didn't want it to be difficult for you guys. Yeah, no, I found like most of the characterization in all of these to be like pretty clear even just from watching the matches in isolation um yeah but i will say i found the promo before this like very confusing (laughs) (laughs) i I feel like there was like it started it starts off very well and then it just keeps going yeah exactly and it's like i don't know who is being talked about because there are all these clips from out of context and they're all like you said it's a match about greatness so they're just talking about so so, apparently someone is great but i don't know who (laughs) <laughs> for a okay, lot of it. so uh, we have Christopher Daniels, who is the X Division champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Fallen Angel. Yes, Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels, full name always. Um, and he is basically saying, you know, that he's the heart and soul of TNA. Whereas you have AJ Styles, who is like the golden boy of TNA, who's actually the heart and soul. And a lot of Christopher Daniels and AJ Styles' career, uh, especially in TNA, they're like, they're linked. It's basically, Daniels is great. But AJ Styles is greater. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's always that that version of it's one upsmanship basically. Uh, to to make it into a current comparison right now, 
Daniels would be the Becky Lynch and AJ would be the Charlotte. Ah. I'm, I'm so glad you brought that three-way matchup because I, for, for whatever reason, that has set the standard of three-way matches in my head. And I was like making jokes with myself when I was watching it of like, okay, who's the Carmella? Who's the Charlotte? Who's the Becky? And then it actually kind of hits that parallel. I, I just want to mark this moment in history as the first time ever that someone has compared Samoa Joe and Carmella. I just want to, it's, I don't think a he's milestone. the Carmella in it, but I'm <laughs> okay, just putting. Well, <laughs> actually making comparison because then Daniels is the Carmella. Yeah, right. Daniels is totally the but Carmella. Since Latoya said, uh, AJ's the Charlotte, or AJ's, yeah, AJ's the Charlotte, Christopher's the Becky. It's like, well, then that leaves <laughs> Samoa Joe, Samoa- naturally Carmella. <laughs> Samoa Joe, like doing like the whole Carmella thing and like the Carmella gear is really good to me. That, I, I wish that was a team. They're doing the Mixed Match Challenge again. Yeah. So oh, that would be such a good team. Yeah. I, I, it's so great. Like, I'm really excited. I think we're definitely going to have to do an episode on it. Yeah. I think it's, like, so fun. Um, Did you see from the first one when, uh, so Biggie and um, Carmella got eliminated and they wanted to get their second chance? Did you see the video they made for their second chance? I didn't. You need to see this. Okay. It All involves right. New Day doing a peck dance party and poor <laughs> Kofi can't can't get involved because you know Kofi has no pecs so Aww. it's Aww, a very beautiful Kofi. You know. <laughs> yeah I uh, I just feel like Samoa Joe and Carmelo would be a great team for that, that. would be a great she's team. teaming with R-Truth though which also rules yeah, so that does yes rule. <laughs> talk about build up so Daniels has to always contend with AJ Styles basically raining on his parade and right now we are in the middle of Samoa Joe's historic uh undefeated streak in impact uh, and basically if he has a match against Daniels, he's going to win because he's undefeated. And right. Daniels is doing everything he can do, do to avoid it. And at one point, uh, there was uh, the finals of the Super X Cup tournament, which was an X Division tournament. And the finals were Joe versus Styles. Uh, Daniels decides he's going to try to interfere to get Joe to lose. Uh-huh. That backfires. AJ loses. And now AJ's pissed at Daniels. And now he has them both coming at him from all sides, Daniels. And that's why it becomes a triple threat. Yeah. Sweet. I like that they make it even more a literal triple threat by having it be a hexagonal ring. <laughs> I thought that yes, was like a really good, like just production note that they ring. had. Yeah. I that's like, like a, ring. yeah, that's like a, a impact trademark, right? Don't they usually have the six sided ring? Although in they, the other they, matches, I think it was square. Yeah. yeah. So they had that and it was actually one of the things that, uh, you know, made it interesting because like, again, you're flipping channels, you see a six sided ring for wrestling. Mm. You're curious about it. Um, when uh, Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff came uh, to TNA, one of the first things they did was get it rid of it because they thought it was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it would be a weird adjustment for It is. That's wrestlers. also one of the things. The wrestlers, apparently, they like the four-sided ring better just because it's more comfortable. And it was, I guess, the, the ropes were tighter on the six-sided ring. Mm. But it's one of those things where it could lead to cooler things, six-sided ring. Ultimately... It made more sense to have a four-sided ring, but, you know, it was always part of, like, the identity of the company. That's why it sucks when they got rid of it. Yeah. I, like, I I, I just feel like it would be hard, like, if you learn how to run the ropes or whatever. And then it's, like, your, like, normal pattern that you do is all messed up. Yeah, I would constantly be hitting, like, the extra turnbuckles and stuff or, like, (laughs) hip-checking them, as it were. Uh (laughs) I I know the six-sided ring had to be hard because, like, the only time I've ever seen Phoenix slip on the ropes was in an impact six-sided ring mm, like before they got ooh. one back to four. Like, That's how I know something's wrong. <laughs> yeah, if Phoenix is fucking up, it's yeah. a problem. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this match is fucking sweet. It's I, just good. I was excited right? to have... So I was excited to have Rachel watch this because like Samoa Joe's awesome still. I love Samoa Joe, but this is like Samoa Joe back when he could kind of do more stuff. I so, mean, like, like he's such... He's just like got such presence uh, like with who he is currently, but like him in like full Samoa Joe mode is fucking. It's wild. It is super wild, and also he looks like a literal baby, kind of like Walter. <laughs> um, but I like that he's always had the same gear. I guess apparently that yeah, he's always had shorts. like the two tone shorts, and he's always had them hiked up to his waist, which is like I I also know that trick, and it works 
decently well um and he's just like it's just i the the way the match flows is really nice too of like them both getting their kicks in at daniels is very very funny because Mm -hmm. then daniels looks like a pain freak (laughs) come on i want it (laughs) and they're all trying to top each other like when aj says that's not how you do it this is how you do it and then he kicks him again yeah Yeah. at the beginning yeah again like it it makes i didn't know the specifics of the backstory but like it makes it makes it really clear what's going on really you know early in the early in the match um i i wrote things i wrote down for this i wrote that they were all presented as like incredibly dominant like i said on in like the promo package and everything but also in the way the match is set up, like, nobody really looks weak here. Like, Daniels loses because AJ's so good, but Joe doesn't get pinned. Everybody gets, like, some good spots. Like, they're, you know, Daniels loses, but, like, uh, I wrote down, he does, like, a Death Valley driver on Samoa Joe that is fucking awesome. It's, like, anytime people are lifting Samoa Joe up in, like, putting him in the rack position, which both AJ and Christopher Daniels do... I'm just like this rules. That's, I love this. It's like throw that giant Samoan man around, please. Oh my god. Well, I also like seeing like baby farthead AJ, which is just oh, yes. proof, AJ? proves to me that there's no good hairstyle for AJ. <laughs> that we are currently living in the era of a better hairstyle for AJ, which is really saying something. <laughs> it is strange. Like I always feel like wrestlers with long hair when I see them with short hair the only exception to this is uh Chris Jericho I think looks normal with short hair but like yeah. I think like what's normal for Chris Jericho too good point he's like <laughs> always wearing a scarf and like a weird hat and, and bad face paint <laughs> yeah um why does he always look so horrible in other people's face paint I don't understand I don't either. <laughs> I have no idea. It's and the thing is, is that like I feel like the first time he looked horrible in someone else's pa- face paint, it was not a bit, and then he realized he had an incredible <laughs> bit on his hands, and he had to lean in real hard. Because the first time I think of it is when he did. Oh, he did like some weird bad eyeliner. Was, he had like fake bushy stuff. On. He did fake. Yeah. Bu- yeah, it was fake bushy, and like it looked like shit. Yeah, it looked like complete garbage and the thing is is that i don't think he intended it for it to look <laughs> that bad well, like, but then he realized that there was like i don't know he chris jericho is a smart entertainer he knows how to entertain <laughs> but and he like, knows that part of the entertainment is like man you look like trash right the, now <laughs> the pentagon makeup though didn't the makeup didn't look bad somehow he looked bad it was like, the hair it's the hair I like guess so. he clearly sweated a lot under it and it got <laughs> wet and then it dried and then he pulled it out like i've also yeah. had my hair look it looked like lake hair he had mm. lake hair his hair is like thrown out again too i'm like are you gonna cut this or are you yeah. just back to super long hair <laughs> well that like that's what I was gonna say though is that like any wrestler that has long hair that then gets short hair or that like I see with short hair after knowing they have long hair it never looks right like uh Daniel Bryan looks weird with short hair he just looks like a Matt child. Riddle looks weird with short hair oh like, yeah that one's Matt weird Riddle, I hate I hated Matt Riddle with short hair I'm so glad they got longer I yeah I want to look at him with short hair he looked like super weird I mean, and he's a handsome guy I it just it like didn't like balance the right. big wet mouth wasn't right. balanced balanced with the longer hair i think that's what it is like he has really big features yeah and he just has a daniel w- bryan's like that too he has like his features are like really big on his little head yeah and you need like more volume it's like the drag trick of uh how drag queens wear like bigger wigs to make their heads look smaller mm-hmm. it's like that this is what this is why i try to have big hair a lot of the time or like my <laughs> hair at a certain length at all times just because like i need something to work with these features <laughs> <laughs> well i'm glad aj eventually learned even though his hair is uh still not great but um, like what are you gonna do i cut it everyone I needs to cut it I, I wish he would get, like, you know, a trendy, like, Jennifer Lawrence long bob or whatever. Oh, I would love that. It would look really cute on him. <laughs> but I also like that, I think I noticed in the uh, promo package is that Christopher Daniels was wearing his wedding ring in the ring, which is, like, extremely fucked up. If Jimmy Fallon fucked up his shit while drunk and nearly degloved his hand, I feel like that is a very like easy thing that could happen in a wrestling ring. And so like in its own way, I'm mad at him for it, but it makes me like respect the character more that it's like this is who I am, this is my commitment, but this is like my I don't care if I'm going to fuck my hand up like this. But that's just like really not safe. 
in the ring, also, Daniels is more coordinated than, you know, drunk Jimmy Fallon fucking up his hand. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Way more coordinated. Probably get, way more co- coordinated when he's acting like drunk Jimmy Fallon as well. I, so, I get stressed out when anybody's wearing jewelry in the ring. Did you notice that AJ's wedding ring was in a choker around his neck? <laughs> no. And yes, I was AJ's just like, choker. AJ's choker, choker, he should just really change it to, like, the hot girl Forever 21 choker that's on its, like, second round of life right now. <laughs> As from opposed to when we were kids. <laughs> like, right. that would be, like, AJ coming out in full, like, to- Forever 21. Like, like a velvet. Eight, no, like, like the crisscrossy plastic one. Oh, the yeah, tattoo like choker? The Veronica Mars yeah. yeah, yeah, like the Veronica Mars choker on AJ Styles would be, like, a with the hair at present and the purple gear, I would be for it. I would be here for it. That'd it would be, be really great. good. It would be doing Velveteen Dream like a pretty, like if he did that versus Velveteen Dream, Velveteen Dream would be shook, I think. I think it would too. I feel like Velveteen Dream c- could definitely make a tattoo choker happen. Like for sure. I'm shocked it hasn't already. I feel like he would really pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God. I love planning their gear for them. <laughs> but back to the match itself. The match itself is like, it doesn't, what I, the thing, big thing I noticed about all of the things you had us watch is that it's just kind of nonstop sensory overload. So they're very, very smart to not have it be like too long of a match. Cause it's just, it really is. There was something very specific about like the way these were shot and lit and narr- and like the commentary was is that it was an overload like I wasn't upset by anything it wasn't like watching super brutal Joshi but it was like okay I need to take 20 before I watch the next one because like I just need to absorb this and like make sure I caught everything I don't and know you if you tell, guys had that issue but yeah you could tell by a certain point just how exhausted they all are yeah and I guess a fun, a fun fact about this match is that I guess maybe the last most of the match uh, actually I was gonna say last night it might be most of the match they forgot what like the plan was so they just kind of had to call it on the spot and I never even noticed it until watching it now on on my new tv that like a large part of the match is just like Joe having conversations trying to call the match because like we have to figure out what the fuck we're doing oh wow oh god yeah I, I, he now has, I like, wanna... Daniel's in the STF. He's having a full-on conversation with him. <laughs> yeah, there's a spot where watch he lands on the floor, and you can see him like talking to AJ. And clearly, it's like, all right, we. I figured it was like, okay, I'm setting you up for this next thing, but it's not. Hey, we all fucking forgot what we're supposed <laughs> to do. <laughs> it's just the idea of that, like the idea that like they can forget what they're supposed to do at the end for some reason never occurred to me even though that's like already superhuman error if you don't have mush brain from getting hit in the head all the time (laughs) but like last month Kath and I were talking to Greg and Greg mentioned to us that he like forgot the ending of a match once and was like what do I do and I was like oh of course Greg had that happen but then it's like oh that happens to everybody probably yeah, I mean, they wrestle a lot. <laughs> they wrestle a lot. They have to remember all these, like, weird, like, plot Pretty lines and stuff. Yeah. Things, yeah. So that's super funny. But that's also just, like, a testament to all three of their talents that they were, they didn't, like, be, like, pause to the taping and be like, hey, what are we, <laughs> line? <laughs> like, can it, you imagine a wrestler calling for a line? <laughs> uh, that happened. Randy Orton did that. Yeah. <gasps> No, but he like on Raw in a promo off with Sheamus, I believe. He, he like his, they were in the center of the ring, and it, he wouldn't like he put his mic down, and he's clearly like saying line, line, <laughs> and then Sheamus tells him the line. I oh, almost God. admire. I almost admire the level to which Randy Orton like doesn't give a shit. Like it, <laughs> he sucks. Like he sucks. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but like how it is so obvious how little he tries and. I, I I have to respect that as a leftist. Like, <laughs> anybody who like doesn't try at their job, I have to respect on some level. Yeah, that kind of fucking rules. And in terms of you know forgetting what to do, um, another WWE example is basically so Elimination Chamber 2015. Something went wrong, and everyone a lot of like there were a lot of veterans in the ring. Like they just for, did not know what to do next. And Ziggler, bless his heart. He, you literally see him take control of the match, and he just tells everyone what you need to do uh, th- now that no one knows what they're doing. And he just takes control of the entire match and tells everyone what they have to do. <laughs> and it's really impressive. Whereas these, I think, I guess Joe took that role mostly. It seems like in this match here, but it never looks like there's like anyone's fucking up. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I definitely wouldn't have wouldn't have known that if you hadn't told me. 
So the next thing you had us watch was uh, Motor City Machine Guns versus Beer Money Incorporated, right? Yes. And yeah, we uh, can just call them Beer Money. It doesn't have to be incorporated, but <laughs> I like. I think Beer Money is a great tag team name. I that was the first note I took for this match. It's just like that's like a perfect <laughs> tag team name. Like Motor Motor City Machine Guns is a really really good tag name, and it's super strong in its own right. But if you just put Beer Money right there, like <laughs> I really apologize to Detroit. Um, <laughs> what year is this from again? This was 2010. 2010. Yeah. So yeah, they're definitely like a little more established here. You can tell um, like production wise. Uh, yeah, this, I love this match. This was awesome. I, we don't watch enough two out of three falls stuff and I think it can be really fun and exciting. So. I liked that. Like, cause when you say two out of three falls to me, I watched a lot of new Japan for this show. So I think about two out of three falls. I think about like, the Okada Omega, Omega like extravaganza, and I'm like, all right, I have the next two hours of my life <laughs> tied to this. And this was two out of three falls in 20 minutes. Yep. God bless and drive home safe. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's an action-packed 20 minutes too. Yeah. So you are in particular, if in my understanding, a big Motor City Machine Guns fan, are you not? Oh, oh yes. Uh, I was of course all in almost sort of machine that. Motor City Machine Guns, and I was also fully in, into indie wrestling as well at the time. So I got to watch them like start around in uh, PWG. You would see them there, and then it took a while for them to become the Motor City Machine Guns on TNA actually, because mm-hmm. and like Alex Shelley had his, his stuff um, with uh, Nash, and Saban was kind of like he was kind of like the golden boy of X Division after um, AJ was when like AJ was moving on up to like main event stuff. They're like mm. Saban the guy who should be the star and meanwhile like my ring of honor mark ass was like but alex shelley's the best wrestler what, what are you doing <laughs> and uh so eventually they, they were allowed to you know have their friendship show on on screen and be the most machine guns they had a ridiculous um introduction to the team where they they basically feuded with bob backland <laughs> sweet <laughs> they literally like they hunted bob backland they, they hunted sne- him like, they sneak attacked him. <laughs> like, they, they used the old dollar on a string trick, and, you know, Bob trying to pick up the dollar, and then all of a sudden, Saban jumps out of a tree, and he he doesn't land on back when he just falls and hurts himself. And that was <laughs> the beginning of Motor City Machine Guns on Wow. What, yeah. an aus- what an auspicious start. <laughs> I love that. And, and it, it, it actually built off stuff from the Nash Shelley stuff because um, when uh, Nash was doing this tournament, the, uh, the paparazzi championship uh, series, um, he would always say that certain things like the rule book was like Bob Backlund authorized because Backlund's the one he he beat for the WF title back in the day. So like he'd always say, like, let me, he's like, let me see this, uh, this wait or something. He's like, well, it's Bob Backlund authorized. It says it right there, even though it would never say that. Sure. So the fact that it led up to Bob Backlund, like, judging the finals of that tournament, which Sully won. And then I guess the motion machine and guns decided to just, you know, take it to the next level and hunt Bob Backlund. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's awesome. Cause like I do my impression, I haven't watched a ton of Motor City Machine Guns, but I have seen them a few times at like Ring of Honor shows and stuff. And, uh, they just seem like there's something very uh, endearing about them. They have like really good chemistry and they just seem like really funny. I don't know. I like I don't really have anything to go on for that. It's just like a feeling I get from them. So These it's like are both two very clearly funny tag teams. Huh? Like both of those tag teams <laughs> in this match are like clearly funny. Did you recognize uh, current WWE superstar? Robert Rude. Robert Rude? <laughs> yes, this? yes. Robert Rude was maybe a tip-off. <laughs> uh, I really like that changing of, like, we had to change your name. Uh, we got 20 minutes before the office closes. Uh, Bobby, uh, go. We can go home now. All right. Beat <laughs> the traffic. He, usually, he does usually go by Bobby. He only became Robert Rude when uh, he turned, you know, heel and he was like, oh, you know, it pays to be rude. I'm Robert Rude now. But then eventually he drops. He, go, he goes back to Bobby during Beer Money. Like, it, it doesn't. Robert Rude never sticks, actually. Robert Rude sounds like, like a weird, like, Mr. Rogers character that Mr. Rogers was like, no, this is too harsh for the world and for our audience right now. <laughs> like, Robert Rude. It's, yeah, it's like a goofus and gallant thing. Yeah. And, like, the bad one is named Robert Rude. Yeah. Robert <laughs> Rude listens to Chapo Trap House. Oh, no. Oh, no. Peter Polite reads Jacobin. 
And God, and, and one more thing about Mercy Machine Guns is I always kind of say they're like proto Young Bucks, and they mm. even feuded uh, with Young Bucks uh, during Young Bucks' terrible time in TNA. It wasn't really terrible in terms of their their wrestling. It was terrible in terms of the gimmick they were given. Yeah, and I mean, have you guys done an episode on Vince Russo? Because <laughs> you should. We really should. Oh, <laughs> uh, what was the Bucks' gimmick in TNA? Well, they were Generation Me. Because, you know, they're, they're, basically, they're basically millennials, and it's all about me, me, me. Yeah. They were Max and Jeremy Buck were the names they were given. <laughs> Come on. Jeremy Buck is one of the worst wrestling names Jeremy I've ever heard. Jeremy Buck? Come on. <laughs> really? Like, this is already kind of a butt rock promotion, but, like, Jeremy Buck. <laughs> like, and I, I say butt rock in a complimentary way, but, like, this is a very much like a butt rock jock jams promotion, which is what I, one of the things I like about it is that it's very unabashed about that fact. But... Jeremy Buck. <laughs> it's no good. It's not. I don't like it. I'm not having you a good time. Tweet at Nick Jackson and just the tweet is just Jeremy Buck. I feel like he'd block <laughs> us again. <laughs> yeah, he'd probably block us. No, wait. Was Jeremy Matt or Nick? Matt was Max and Nick was Jeremy. Okay, yeah. Jeremy? yeah. Why wouldn't they just make it another end name? Yeah, or something. Man, yeah, that's bad. I I hadn't really thought about that, but now that you say it, it makes a lot of sense that. You, you see Motor City Machine Guns and this is sort of proto-Young Bucks because, like like I said, there's something kind of, like, cheeky about them like that the Young Bucks have, and they're doing all these flips and stuff. And, yeah. Uh, and, like, I, I really liked... Um, like, clearly they're super over. Like, that's who the crowd was really pulling for in this. Um, but they they did had such great hot tags in this. Do you know what a hot tag is, Rachel? Uh, I assume a hot tag, uh, this is my guess, is that it's really quick tags. It's basically, like, when, um, one guy is getting, like, the shit kicked out of him and keeps, like, trying to go for the tag. It's basically, like, when the heels are winning. Yeah. And then the good guy finally makes the tag into his partner. And oh, get, like, a big okay. Pop. And, uh, Motor City Machine Guns have, like, two moments in this where they do that. And yeah. They're, like, really satisfying. Okay. Yeah, I... I had no idea. <laughs> I was thinking like hot cross buns level logic, which is not <laughs> what the logic should be here. But nevertheless, it happened. <laughs> I love that logic, though. Keep going with it. I'm just like, it's all pyrelated, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but it's when you it's when you uh, pie your opponent in the face and then you're in tandem with your tag team partner. Yeah, but it's like a hot pie. That it's just a hot came pie. Out of the, it's just like a waste of everything and you get burned. Oh, here. That's exactly what it is. That's what, exactly what it is. I'm really good at wrestling, you guys. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, this is just like, uh, we, we talked in a recent episode about like, um, when people are telling like a, a very simple story in wrestling and it's done really, really well, uh, you don't mind that it's a story you've seen a bunch of times. And I feel like with this, it was like, it's a class. I feel like it's very like, you have like the fun, flippy baby faces and then the big, mean heels and that's the story, and I know where the story is going, and I am very excited to be taken there. I'm really happy the big mean heel is wearing a cowboy hat to really, like, bring it home, too. What did they, they called him something really funny partway through the match. It was, like, the Mississippi Cowboy or something. Yeah. He's the Tennessee Cowboy. The Tennessee Cowboy. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> James Storm is a pretty fun character, and he's actually, he's been in... Probably the two two of the top uh, TNA uh, tag teams of all time, Dear Money. And then his first one before that was America's Most Wanted, where everyone thought his partner was going to be the breakout star, so they didn't really care about him. His partner goes to WWE, flops tremendously, and he's like, sorry. Sorry about your damn luck. That's his, that's his catchphrase, basically. Damn. Who's his partner? Yeah. Uh, his partner was Chris Harris. Uh, his nickname, he was Wildcat Chris Harris while Storm was Cowboy James Storm. Yeah. <laughs> And they were uh, like a, they were a good team. They had like Gail Kim was like kind of their third m- member too, and we'll talk about her in a bit too. And yeah, they were a really good team. And uh, in his in Chris Harris's defense, in a way, uh, I just listened to a podcast where he talked about like what happened because when he when he showed up in WWE, he was extremely out of shape, and it was just it was a disaster. It was like what the hell happened? And he recently talked about it on a podcast. It's like he went to WWE and he thought this would have been you know the one thing like that's what you work towards, right? Yeah. And, he was in developmental and they were just taking literally everything away from him that like made him who like they yeah. signed in the first place. It was one of those things. Yeah. That must be incredibly frustrating. I like 
especially because it is like the dream and you know at this time like I guess when was this 20 I you told me but I can't 2010. remember 2010 2010 when, when was when was this guy getting signed to WWE uh, it was like 2007 2008 yeah so like they're really I I actually I have a question about this because in my understanding like the indies then are really not what the indies are now um, you've been an indie fan for like a long time. Do you do you think that's true, or has there always kind of I, the, the way people explain it to me now is that we're kind of in a boom? We're definitely in a boom, especially because now it's so easy to access everything too. It yeah. was I like I was past I I wasn't as far back as the era of tape trading, but like to watch Ring of Honor when I first heard about it, I'm like, well, how do you watch this? Well, like you got to order these DVDs. Yeah, that, that, that's how you have to do that, and. I was, you could find maybe some like really bad quality things on YouTube, but like you either, like you had to be on the know, in the know in the forums if you wanted to find a way to get them without like buying these things. And I was able to like get a, a good supply of like Ring of Honor and PWG and AAW and IWA Mid South, but like it wasn't so readily available like it is now. Yeah. And there yeah. was great stuff because uh, the thing about like uh, the Indies early 2000s around that time is that. The people who were stars then are like are like WWE stars now too. So the wrestling has changed, but they also impacted how wrestling is in WWE now. Like yeah. Brian and Joe and AJ and Punk before he retired, obviously. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it is. It was so interesting to watch, like, uh, you know, particularly that first Triple Threat where it's like, you know, their AJ versus Samoa Joe was just a SummerSlam match, like. The, yeah. Those same guys wrestling for on a soundstage for way less people, uh, you know, like 15 years ago. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. And it's, these guys who were the people were always say, well, WWE's never going to sign them because at that point, WWE was never going to sign them. Right. Because they don't look like the people who WWE were signing them. And yeah. now at this point, like, I feel like AJ is exemplary of like the exact person they want to sign to WWE. Like, exactly. he's their he's their prime guy. And I, and I remember just like WWE wrestlers, and they'd be asked about TNA guys or something, and they just have to pretend they don't know who they are. Like I remember Batista being asked about AJ Styles, and he definitely knew who AJ Styles was. He's like, oh, I don't know who that is, and yeah. they just they <laughs> had, had to Mariah really carry him. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know him. <laughs> I don't know him. <laughs> I think about her saying that. Gotta be like twice a week. Like it's really it's good. So relevant to my life have you ever seen <laughs> she was on andy cohen's show recently and they had they he did like because he usually does this sketch on it with celebrity guests called plead the fifth where he'll ask them three questions and they can only plead the fifth to one of them mm -hmm. but for mariah carey he did do you know her or do you not know her <laughs> for like women she allegedly had beef with it was really good <laughs> it was really good <laughs> it's just like it's such a it's it's so classy and so bitchy at the same time. It's so bitchy. It is like the bitchiest but it's, thing. It's bitchy with like with some style. Great gowns. Beautiful gowns. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I th this match like we got like a little bit of a promo package for it, and they yeah. had just finished a best of five, or is this, this is in the, the middle the of the best of five? Of the best of five. Got yeah. it. So the. If, if, you guys want, I can, for, just for fun, if you want to see the rest of the best of five, I have those too, because those matches are all awesome. It, like, it's literally week to week to week to week, and it never lets up in the matches. That's awesome. So the first match is a ladder match, and then whoever won the ladder match got to choose a stipulation. That was all, like, that was the thing. So the next Ooh. match after that is a street fight, mm -hmm. then a Ooh. steel cage match, Ooh. then ultimate X match, which you saw a bit of like in the, the clips where like there's a big old X being held up uh, in this, like, kind of like where you would, in a ladder match, where, and there's like these ropes you have to climb, mm -hmm. which are holding, coming from these scaffoldings. So, uh, that actually had a, one of my favorite moments, because you pointed out how funny beer money seems, where um, Rude is trying, telling Storm, you know, climb up there and get, get the X. And Storm's just like, he just mimes, like, I've been drinking, I can't climb up. <laughs> I also really like how much open drinking there is in, in these clips that you had us watch. Yeah, so that's probably a good... Uh, Place to transition. Yeah, into the next thing we watched, which uh, was Gail Kim versus... Taryn Tanner. Taryn... It's not Tanner. Terrell. 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 Oh, I, I, I wrote 
Tanner because I'm tired. <laughs> oh, no. Taryn Terrell. Taryn Terrell. With the drunk ref ODB that Rachel and I both I really enjoyed. Took, I like <laughs> took the most mental notes on her. I love that it's called Knockouts, like the shitty hair place. They're knockouts. I also found that funny. I just think it's funny how like, I don't know. Does every... Does every wrestling promotion have like a dumb name for their women's division 100%. where they don't call them 100%. just wrestlers? Well, Divas was still in action, so yeah. No, knockouts at least works better than Divas did. Absolutely, you know, knockouts, knockouts is yes. yeah. Like it's kind, it's it's still like a little corny, but it's I mean also kind of cool. Knockouts really works for like what TNA is. Like it's dumb and so is like sort of a lot of the like I mean this is all like we're not pretending that any of this is like smart oh, yeah. but I like, like the great stuff for a reason and not like the, the stuff that is the reason people hate TNA yeah right? like which I do want to say as we're talking about this TNA total non-stop action it is named because of tits, tits and ass, ass. It's, right it's, it's a promo started in 2000 and aforementionedly a butt rock promo there's no way it's not if you Read recaps of the, the weekly pay-per-views because those are, oh, that is, <laughs> that, you have to, like, really work hard to get to the good stuff in that. Ooh, okay. Yeah, you got to sift. This match was you awesome, though. Sift. Like, yeah. yes. This was uh, super was, fun. I, I don't think this is their, their best match, uh, these two, but I think it's, like, their most important match because it is their first match against each other. And it's also a match no one had any expectations for Taryn Terrell. Yeah. Because so she, she had been a, technically a WWE diva mm. uh, named the, the, her name in WWE is Tiffany, which they really just tried not naming the women anything in WWE. <laughs> Tiffany. Yeah. What kind of a wrestling name is Tiffany? Yeah. And, that was the weird era where everybody just had a normal first name and that was like your wrestling name. Yeah. Her name is Taryn Terrell. And they're like, we'll call you Tiffany. Uh, yeah. yeah. Taryn Terrell is like a way better name. Like, That's yeah. her real name. Yeah. If you're going to have, like, Tiffany, have her lean into, like, the jewelry store thing and make her be, like, an Audrey Hepburn mm. wannabe. That's, like, a way better thing be with that fun. gimmick. But I will say this also. Immediately, I thought the women in Knockouts had better makeup than any of the women in WWE. Yeah. <laughs> they had better makeup. They had better hair. It's very 2013 makeup and hair. But I was like, this works way Except better for their look. Except for Velvet Sky, who they showed in the video package, oh. and she just has never had good hair or makeup, and she keeps clinging on to that hair. She's the woman with the chunky highlights, right? Yeah. Yes. I saw those, she and still, I was like, She oof. still has those chunky highlights to this day. Yeah, they are They are not good. And it's like, and it's I've, the kind of chunky highlights, faster. too, where there's like, it's like brassy, it's like red and bleach. It's really bad. Ugh. I will trash her because she blocked me on Twitter and I've never tweeted about her in my entire life. What the fuck? She's Velvet racist. Sky, unblock LaToya. She's racist for doing that. <laughs> She's I absolutely mean, I, racist. And I, even, I even thought maybe it was like a block thing that her, like maybe I said something about, wrong about her boyfriend because her boyfriend is uh, Bully Ray and he never blocked me. So I, I don't know why she blocked me. It must be the racism, obviously. I also, speaking of, Bully Ray. Um, the weird thing they tease at the beginning with like Bully Ray yes. still loves you, Brooke Hogan. It's like <laughs> yes. I forgot this opens with Brooke Hogan. <laughs> I, I made sure to keep that part in because I need you to see the insanity. Because again, like I said, Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan show up and they ruin everything. And part of that is uh, you know, nepotism, because there's no reason Brooke Hogan should be part of a wrestling show as in charge of anyone at all. Yes. She's there the is... VP of the knockouts because TNA always thought for some reason that the women should have separate, like, bosses. <laughs> it kept happening. And I was like, why? Why can't they have the same boss as everyone else? I Look, it's very progressive. They're That's like, such we weird... don't want to deal with workplace harassment. The women should work for a woman. Cheryl Sandberg sure, who? <laughs> Thank you, guys. My, like, the best part of Brooke Hogan being in TNA because it's the most important part, which is her tripping on my TV. Her tripping on she, live TV? She tripped? she introduces Karen Terrell. Oh, no. <laughs> I missed that. Oh, no. Brooke. That, <laughs> like... The weird... That's, what's fascinating to me about Brooke Hogan is that, like, she could have just been Miley Cyrus. She had all the tools to be Miley Cyrus. She... Like, no. She Her dad... I is strongly a, disagree. <laughs> dad is a famous guy. You are blonde. You are tall. You have connections. That's you, all Miley you... Miley Cyrus can sing. <laughs> 
Yeah. Brooke Hogan can't do shit. Yeah. Brooke Hogan should not be in public life at but, all. But like Brooke Hogan. We're sh- watching a gif of her tripping right now. This it's is very awesome. good. Thank you. Uh, so I went to, uh, I'm you from Clearwater. Least- Lim- I'm from Clearwater area, so I went to school with a lot of people who knew her and were friends with her. And I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm not friends with the people who were friends with her. So, <laughs> yeah, like I mean, you could at least limp your way to do. If you put in like any effort, you could like limp your way. If you have some grit, you can limp your way to being better <laughs> than Brooke Hogan is doing right now. Maybe she doesn't want to be more public, but she like. No, Def- she definitely desperately tried. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I watched Hogan Knows Best. Yeah. I know that they set that up for her to be like a hot, like a sexy Miley Cyrus or whatever. They aired that- her music video on Monday Night Raw because of with the one with The one with, with uh, Paul, Paul Wall. Wall. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's and just... They, it's- also, they also had, because I'm remembering this episode now, they had Randy Orton flirt with her, which... Ugh. Was she 18? Yeah. Was she even 18? Probably not. Yeah, like, like, that's the other part about the Bully Ray thing that's super fucked up is, like, it's not just, like, oh, he could be your dad because he's your age. It's, like, he could literally be your dad. He is way too close to being your dad for it to be, like, Bully Ray loves you. He's, like, a way less successful, shittier version of your dad, like, in every way. (laughs) Well, now I want to – should I tell you how that storyline goes? Please Please do. Uh, so basically, they do a thing with Brooke Hogan and Bully Ray, and then I guess they break up because he's in charge of the latest uh, TNA faction that's trying to take control, because that was a big thing that always was part of the reason people hate TNA. It was always a <laughs> faction trying to take control, aces and eights, because they were ripping off Sons of Anarchy, and he ended up being the leader <laughs> He ended up being the leader of Ace and Eights, orchestrating everything. That's why they broke up. So all of a sudden, he's saying, you know, I, I love Brooke, I miss her. I wasn't just using her. Obviously, he was. And then it, so they have this. Turns out he was not talking about Brooke Hogan. He was talking about this other knockout, Brooke Tessmacher. And that's because Brooke Hogan, that's because Brooke Hogan was leaving the company. And nice. he's not going to be part of the storyline. <laughs> no, I meant uh, this other Brooke. I was cleaning <laughs> it and it went off. Yeah, no. Anyway, we should get into the actual match itself. Which, yeah. Which, like, for all the things that lead into it, it has no right being as good as it is. Right. But like, I can see why people didn't have expectations for this to actually yeah. be. I mean, good. they're basically they're they've got their titties out as is their right to do. Like it's in TNA. They like, but it's well, really things fucking good. Yeah, everyone expected things from Gail Kim because she, like, Gail Kim was noted great. She left WWE multiple times because they didn't take her seriously as yeah. a wrestler, and and TNA always did, and that's why she's like. She is the woman of TNA, basically. Yeah, she uh, still they, she they, still works for them, right? Yeah, she works like she's the the backstage agent agent for like the women and, and creative. So nice. yeah, and they've always been loyal to her. Uh, Tara, like I said, she was Tiffany in WWE, and like she was the ECW brand when they were doing that, like WWE ECW. She was the general manager, mm-hmm. and then she wrestled for a little bit on SmackDown. Where her claim to fame was that, like her gear, her tights were also kind of a skirt, to which the the heel tag team lay cool. They gave her the brilliant nickname, mocking her of skirt. Nice, cool, genius. <laughs> I mean, lay cool is is beautiful and amazing. They're a great team, but they were also a great team of idiots. That was part of the thing. So the fact that they thought <laughs> calling her skirt was the like the biggest insult ever was actually hilarious. <laughs> Wrestling's so good. <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I feel like in this match, you can tell, like, Gail Kim is the person who really knows what they're doing, and, uh, but, like... And then Taryn Terrell goes insane. Yeah, but that's the thing, is, like, you, you could tell that maybe, like, Gail Kim is more skilled or whatever, but Taryn Terrell really fucking goes all out. There's that, like, awesome bump at the end where she basically just, like... Spears Gail Kim off the ramp and it's shot yeah, like yeah that's yeah, cut her off the ramp after Gail Kim tries to murder her with a power bomb <laughs> yeah uh, yeah she tries she almost pile drives her on the apron and then and then they go off the ramp and it's shot like from the ramp which I don't know if this was an in, intentional choice or not but it's so cool looking you miss the impact unfortunately but you. They go off the ramp and then they just disappear. It's like Thelma and Louise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's exactly <laughs> like Thelma like and Louise. Thelma and Louise. Oh, I love that. Actually, they're more like Impact uh, Clark Kent and Lex Luthor. Although, Aww. really, Karen Terrell is Gail Kim's kryptonite because, like, Karen Terrell always has Gail's number and it's kind of awesome. Yeah. Because yeah. Karen Terrell will do insane shit like that. 
like take a figure four on a ladder in their in their ladder match that they have. It's uh, yeah, I think the ladder match is probably the best match they have. But this is such an important match because again, no one expected anything from Taryn Terrell. But it's also proof if you let these women, you know, go out there and fucking wrestle. If you allow them to wrestle, teach them to wrestle, right. they can pull off some shit, which WWE obviously was not doing at the time. Yeah, and it's cool to watch the crowd get behind it too, and like realize they're seeing something actually really fucking good. Like you yeah. can you can tell that that's what's going through people's minds in like a cool way. Like mm-hmm. they it starts off and people are kind of quiet and not super into it, and then by the end everybody's on their feet. And I when, yeah, I just really enjoy him. that like no. that watching people in an audience have that dawn on them. Like it's it's a cool. It, it adds so much to it when it's like a vicarious experience like that. Yeah, when Gail Kim accidentally spears the ladder, uh, the chair in the corner and she yeah. just dies on the outside, everyone's like, what the fuck? <laughs> that hold she puts her in was like really wild. Like I've seen pretty inventive holds, but the one she does off the edge of the turnbuckle where oh, she on like- Oh, the, on the ring yeah, post? The yeah, where she hangs. Post, yeah. It's really good. I really enjoyed it. Wasn't there, like, was that a callback to something? Because I feel like there was one of those in the promo package. Yeah, that's what, that was Gail Kim's thing where she was doing that. Because, again, uh, so the way they introduced Karen Turnrell is that, like, as the referee of the Knockouts division, um, so instead of ODB, ODB basically replaced her for this match. Uh, and then, I guess, so Gail wasn't liking Taryn's calls, so she attacked her. Ah, and she gave oh. her the figure four, yeah, yeah. And then Taryn Terrell, with her, her anger issues, she, she snapped and she fought back against Gail. And that's what we get here. And then Brooke fired her. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, like, speaking of ODB, like, that is such a weird thing in this match. Because, again, it's like, it's like kind of a serious, like, thing. Like, they're, you know, they're doing, like, these pretty serious spots and, like, it gets pretty intense. There's a chair and everything. And then there's just, like, a drunk lady counting and like she's wearing a shirt with handprints on her tits. Yeah. And she's always, she's always smacking her tits like that. That's why the handprints are there. That fucking rules. I love her. She has a flask in her back pocket. It's just like, why is there the this? The commentary is like, keeps acknowledging that she's openly drunk. Yeah. She's just wasted. It's very good. Yeah. And I believe, I think this might be, before before she becomes a uh, knockout tag team champions because they, they eventually have a knockout tag team title with uh, her in uh, story husband Eric Young you might know Eric Young from WWE Sanity mm-hmm. Eric mm-hmm. Eric Young mostly a comedic wrestler in Impact Wrestling an adorable one at that <laughs> that's so interesting I that yeah. uh, I I really like. Uh seeing like people work in other other styles like that like i i don't know if rachel knows about curry man but i feel like rachel would probably really enjoy curry man i think you've mentioned curry man to me curry man you may have heard his name because when i tweeted uh, a hint that we had hot sauce tracy williams on the show yes and i was like we have a very spicy guest and everyone was like it's curry man who is curry man curry man is christopher daniels oh okay wrestling under a mask and he teamed with shark boy <laughs> he was named Curry Man, and he was just like and a comedic shark gimmick. Is basically being Stone Cold, but a shark. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's so good. Oh we my god. Do, we should do another uh, TNA episode just about like the dumbest TMA, TNA gimmick. Oh yeah, that was like the big question when I mentioned to a friend of mine that I was going to be doing a TNA episode. They were like, "Is it good TNA or is it like dumb TNA?" And I was like, I read off the matches, and he was like, "Oh, it's good. Okay." <laughs> <laughs> they were approved. How do you feel about the bad stuff in TNA? Do you enjoy it or are you like it sifting through it? On, it depends on the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. But like the best bad thing, like so bad good, is um, the AJ Styles Claire Lynch storyline, which I don't know if you, you've heard about this. Is which, this the, um, like the affair or something? Yes. That I know where a little Daniels bit. and Kazarian have like dirt about this affair that AJ Styles had with this woman, Claire Lynch, who was not a great actress and it made it even better. <laughs> This baby's coming, AJ. Do the right thing, AJ. Oh no! And now we're seeing some weird re-up of that now with like the AJ, I'm your new daddy storyline. Oh, that's, yeah. that's great, dude. It's like it's the dumbest storyline, but Samoa Joe is so good that it works. Like it works purely because of Samoa Joe. Yeah. I don't. I want AJ's I, wife to leave him for Samoa Joe. I know. It's you root for him that much. You're yeah, like, please. Like, 
it's, make the right choice here. It's weird too, because like AJ clearly agreed to it and then realized like, oh, I have to do this now. And you can <laughs> tell he like kind of regrets getting involved, like putting his kid in this storyline. <laughs> He's having Claire Lynch PTSD. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Oh man. Well, I feel yeah. like we got a good preview for the next uh, yeah. Impact episode. Do we where we'll have make... to talk about Curry Man and Shark Boy for Do sure. Do we want to make a TNA like series? I guess <laughs> like we're doing Joshi. I mean, I would I would love to have Latoya back on. To yeah, talk about yeah. That. Talk I, about good I, bad I TNA. You. Yeah, and then we can talk about good bad TV probably a lot more too. Oh yeah, that Charmed <laughs> yes, episode. Yeah, yes, Ooh, I, yeah. I'm so excited to talk about the Charmed episode. <laughs> Is there anything else you wanted to say or talk about before we wrap it up, Latoya? I mean, just buy my book on May 7th, 2019, so I can not be poor. Yeah. Yeah, we all, we love not being poor here. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I, what kind of, uh, like, it's about women's wrestling. Is it about, like, yeah, a sp- specific time period? or? It's the Encyclopedia of Women's Wrestling, which means that I wanted to write about a lot more, but I had to just narrow it down to 100 profiles. So don't get mad at me for not having every woman's wrestler. <laughs> How dare you not cover the entire history of all women who've ever wrestled? I did, uh, uh, when I was cutting down people, I did cut one person out out of petty reasons. Nice. Nice. Is it, uh, what's her name who blocked you on Twitter? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck you and your bad hair, lady. Uh, (laughs) I guess we'll end on that note. Uh, Um, Follow Latoya on Twitter. Read her recaps of TV shows. She's a really good TV writer. It's how I first found her in the first place and became friends with her. Um, LA Fergs. LA Fergs. On Twitter. Yeah. Uh, if, if you probably know this by now, but uh, if you don't, we have a Patreon where we release bonus episodes and pretty detailed guides uh, of supplemental information that to go along with every episode so like in this one we'll definitely list that charmed episode hell yeah uh, along with all of the matches we've watched and everything like that we'll hit latoya up for a couple recommendations for you guys so you can get a full feel for her absolutely so yeah you can sign up for that we we have a discord that's really fun that you can join that's all really nice people talking about wrestling and uh yeah we're wrestlesplania at gmail.com wrestlesplania on twitter follow us tell us you like the show tell us you don't like it but be nice do all that and uh we'll see you next (laughs) time Time. All right, we love you guys. Bye. Bye. I bet people work at both. Yeah, no, we, they're the knockouts across the street uh, from Hooters, from where I used to live. It was like they would like girls who needed two jobs. Yeah, it was usually girls going to school to be a hairdresser. Mm-hmm. They would like work their shift over there for school, and then they would like go to Hooters, and Hell then they yeah. didn't have to change their makeup. Yeah. Which really makes it worth it because you have to do your makeup for like two hours if you work at Hooters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, exactly. Get two shifts out of that makeup. Yeah.